Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered with Ken Campbell. I am the sidekick Dylan Waugh. I am the Lester Flats to Ken's Earl Scruggs. If you get that one, you're probably dead. So today we're going to be talking about the Los Angeles Kings, the Calgary Flames, just discussing what kind of a market is it? Is it buyers or sellers? Also the Vegas Golden Knights, the Boston Bruins, and finally the Ontario Hockey League. Ken, how you holding up? Oh, I'm doing great. You nailed the intro today, which First was time. wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. I, I didn't get that reference. I'm not dead, though. <laughs> what, is that like some old Western or something? Uh, Lester, Lester Flats and Earl Scruggs were basically them plus Bill Monroe plus uh, Ralph Stanley were essentially the three groups, the Stanley brothers, that started Bluegrass. Oh, wow. Holy cow. In the that's, 20s or 30s. Wow, that's pretty obscure. <laughs> yeah. Well, it could have been like, I'm Ralph's brother, Stanley, to yeah. Ralph Stanley. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, remember okay. what his brother's okay, name well, is. Okay, well, good. Well, but, good on you for knowing that, but you know a lot of stuff that's pretty useless. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm well aware. I'm, well, I like when it comes to stuff that, you know, really that you need to know, like hockey? that that Vegas isn't good. <laughs> 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 yeah, my wife only married me for the trivia pursuit partner up. <laughs> Vegas lost to Philly last night. Eh? You know that, right? Two one, right? You're aware <laughs> well, of that. Right? I wrote these questions before <laughs> that was. Uh... I'm still calling you out for last week, though. Oh, yeah. well, that's fair. That last week, fair. I, I'm like, I'm calling you out. Sorry. Yeah, but well, anyways, let's get started. Let's get started. Okay, so first question, before like this, this I think. Um, puts everything into a lens, almost everything that we're talking about today into a lens, which is uh, it seems that this year there's a lot more teams that are sellers than we've seen in previous years, yeah. right? Yeah. You've got Coyotes, uh, Philly, Montreal. Who else is in that? Um, oh, the, everyone who's not in the playoffs in the West, right? Now. Right. Yeah, everybody. Exactly. Everybody. Yeah, Seattle. Potentially. Or sorry, in the East. I'm sorry. In the I meant in the East. The, like, right, because there's the, the disparity. The, play, the playoffs yeah. in the East are... Yeah. We know who's making the playoffs. Right. We don't know who's going to be playing whom and what seed they're going to finish. Yeah. But the 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 eight playoff teams that are there now are going to be the eight playoff teams. Right. So it's just interesting because normally we see one or two sellers. Like yeah. last year it was like Yeah. We thought that we had two. We thought that um we thought that Nashville was going to be a seller and then at the last minute they said, "Nope." And then we had basically one seller in uh in the in the league last year. So is this going to finally be a buyer's market? 
Um, I, I think it might be. Um, it's what what is interesting to me is there's not a lot going on. What are we? How many days are we out? We're less than two weeks out. We're, we're less than two we're weeks. We're twelve out, yeah. days out. Yeah, and there's not like there's not a lot going on in terms of imminent trades. And now that I said that, as soon as this podcast comes out, the second it comes out, there's going to be a blockbuster. Yeah. Um, but but usually leading up, there seems to be- So we have to you be, to thank for the upcoming blockbuster. Yes, yeah. yes. There, there seems to be more activity, you know, uh, uh, earlier on. Like teams seem to want to get their business done a little earlier. And I guess a lot of that is because teams are cap strapped and they don't want to take on one dollar that they don't have to take on before yeah. they have to take it on. Yeah. Um, so I guess that that must be part of it too. But but I think you're right. I mean, there are, you know, there's a demarcation point this year, right? right. We've got we've got everybody, yeah, you know, eight teams in the East are are presumably in a position to sell, whether or not they sell, I don't know, mm-hmm. but they're in a position to sell because they're not making the playoffs. Yeah. We know that. We know that the New York Islanders aren't making the playoffs. We right. know that, you know, we know that the Ottawa Senators, the Detroit Red Wings, the Montreal Canadiens, we know, like, there's no chance. Yeah. Like, even if Montreal wins every game the rest <laughs> of the year, they finish with, I think, 89 points, which won't be enough to make the playoffs. So, yeah. so we know that. So, that, so there's now suddenly there's eight teams out there that are looking to move assets to get futures, right? Yeah. And then in the West, you've got, you know, you've got some some teams battling it out for the last uh, for the last spot. You know, is it going to be Dallas? Is it going to be you know who's it going to be? Right? Is it going to yeah. be Edmonton? That's basically it at this point, right? Yeah. And then you like you know like almost certainly Winnipeg's not making the playoffs. Um, you know, there's, there's a pretty big demarcation point there too. So now like is Winnipeg selling on Andrew Kopp is Winnipeg, you know, so now then th- that pool becomes bigger. So I, I think, I think you're onto something there, young man. <laughs> I think you're onto something. Well, mark the calendar because this is the first time I've been onto something on this podcast, I'd say. Yeah. Since I had the idea of the podcast. Right. That is, right? That was a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> you like the idea of putting you front and center in a podcast format. Yeah, okay. I can see why you'd, why you'd like that. But do you remember our first meeting? I do. And I said, how much is this going to cost me? <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> and I didn't. You're the interesting one. That's what you don't seem to understand here. Yeah, I do remember that. That still, that that still pretty, gives me a chuckle. That was pretty funny. I think, um, you know, to your point, like about all the sellers, like, okay, here's the TSN trade bait board, right? Right, right. I feel like the prices just have to come down because if if you're inquiring on Ben Sherratt, you're like, hey, Montreal, I want Ben Sherratt. Ben Sherratt is maybe the TSN trade bait board is not the best because he's listed as, as a right defenseman. He's a left. Yeah. But that's all right. And he's second on their board he's right now. Third, third on their board right now. Uh, after Giroux and Chikrin. Chikrin. Chikrin, yeah, yeah. But so okay. if you're in Montreal, they, they say that they want a first and a fourth or a first and a prospect, right? Because they want the same deal as David Savard, right? That uh, Tampa gave for him right. last year right. at the deadline. But if you're a team, you're going, hey, uh, you know, Kent, I mean, I, I'm just taking a quick cursory glance at the board here. Yeah. And I could also go for Justin Jacob Chitrin, yeah. Chitrin, pardon me, John yeah. Klinberg, yeah. Mark Giordano, um, Colin Miller, yeah. uh, Hampus Lindholm, Justin Braun, Justin Braun, yeah. Nick yeah. Letty. Yeah. We talked about Rasmus Ristolainen. And I mean, okay, great. Ben Schrott went to the playoffs last year. Uh, I went to the Stanley Cup final last year. Okay, great. He's a big, strong guy. But at the same time, uh, yeah, it's no, like you know what no. I mean. You're not going to see teams give up that for for these guys. Like you're not yeah. going to see a team give up what the Leafs gave up for Nick Foligno. 
Yeah. And and it's and it's all also first like, and fourth. Yeah, yeah, first and fourth. So so it's it's to me, like I said, at the trade market too, it's it's like hockey players are like real estate. Yeah. They're only worth what someone deems them to be worth. So just because last year Montreal got, you know, whatever for David or for, um for David Savard. Tampa. Or sorry, Tampa Tampa got, yeah. Tampa got whatever for David Savard. And now he's on Montreal. I know it's a confusing. Wait a minute, yeah. He yeah. was a rental for Tampa last year. Yes. And, and now Montreal he's yes. said, yes. well, you guys beat us. And it's probably because of David Savard and David Savard alone. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was it. Yeah. That was the reason. Um, but just because the prices that were established last year, um, they, they don't, it doesn't carry over to this year. Right. Right. It, it all depends on supply and demand. And what we just talked about was the, the supply uh, may very well exceed the demand. Yeah. I mean, I sorry, I just went down the list even some more. And you've got Luke Shen, Niels Lunkvest, uh Ristolina we talked about. Calvin DeHaan would be an interesting pickup yeah. as well. Yeah. Like there's a lot of good middle pairing defensemen, which that's what Ben Sherrod is. And one could even argue whether good applies to it. Yeah. But you know, he's a middle pairing defenseman, and there's a lot of good middle pairing defensemen on this list. Yep. And some top pairing defensemen. So yeah, I you got to think that it's this might shape up to be probably the first seller's market that I can remember in a very long time with the parity in the NHL that we've yeah. seen. Yeah, I don't I don't remember from one year to the next, so <laughs> I I wouldn't be able to tell you when the last seller's market was, but yeah. I'm surprised but, you remember that first meeting we had for the I podcast. Do, I do, yes. but but I might forget it by next week. Um <laughs> no, I yeah, I I think I think you're right. I, I and and um, yeah, yeah. There's, there's just now that you sort of bring that up, there's, there's really seems to be a lot of teams out there looking to unload guys. Yeah. And so what does that create? Then you, you, you know, then you move closer and closer to the deadline. Yeah. Does that mean that teams get more desperate to buy or more desperate to sell? Because, you know, theoretically you can go to the trade deadline and say, well, we want to do this and we want to add this, but if we don't, it's not the end of the world. Whereas, you know, a team that's selling is going, we can't let this guy walk for nothing. Like, never like, him. like Anaheim can't let, let, you know, you know, the, their guys, yeah. Lindholm and, and Raquel and, and, yeah. and those guys, they, you know, they can't let those guys walk for nothing. Yeah. So they may be in a spot where it's like, uh, it's the day of the deadline and nobody's given us what we want. So let's adjust our expectations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and especially for, committed rebuilding teams where there's no way that uh well actually i've heard the rumor probably on uh 32 thoughts where, where uh um uh philly is trying to re-sign ristolainen i'm kind of just like why yeah 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 <laughs> but you know like there's no way that that's a huge priority to them and if you can't make it happen by the deadline you just got to take what you can get yeah exactly and you know if you're montreal you signed Sherrod as a free agent uh, two or three years ago. And so, you know, he didn't cost you anything. He didn't cost you anything. Yeah. And so whatever and he, you get is just kind of gravy. Yeah. yeah. And he contributed a fair bit. He, he did contributed he quite did. a bit to all my, to all my joking. He did contribute a lot. Um, the Los Angeles Kings are currently second in the Pacific division. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, it's a bad division, but yeah, know. but still, but somebody's they, gotta they be were supposed point. to be rebuilding still, right? Like they were supposed to be rebuilding. And uh, 
So do you think that there's at all a chance that uh, Los Angeles can reclaim some of its playoff magic? Um, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, but they've, they've got the template, right? Yeah. And their guy, the guys that are there have the template. Drew yes. Doughty's still there. Andre Kopitar still, still. Ju- uh, uh, Dustin Brown. Dustin. Dustin Brown is still there. Um, so to me, like LA is a really interesting team because I got to be thinking that those guys are saying, Hey man, let's, let's, let's empty the quiver here. Let's yeah. go for it. You know, 2012, we were the second wild card team. Yeah. And we went in, on a heater and won it all with yeah. Jonathan Quick. Yeah. You know, another guy who's, who's still, still there. there. Yeah. 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 So, and playing well this yeah, year. Yeah. Yeah. So, to me, they're a really interesting team. Like, do you just kind of, you know, I mean, they've made a fair number of moves, right? Yeah. I mean, they signed Deneau. Yeah. They picked up Victor Arvidsson. Yeah. You know, they, they've made some really good, really like, canny moves right already and, and both to know and arvidson are people that are known by the fan bases of those teams yeah as being excellent excellent players yeah but don't necessarily carry those big name caches yeah. around the league yeah i mean Deneau has 16 that's 16 goals Deneau is a freight train in my opinion yeah i i look at Deneau as a freight train yeah He's, he he will he will never put up amazing numbers yeah but he'll always get his 40 to 50 points. And it doesn't matter if he plays against McDavid every single night or if he plays against a, a peewee AAA team that, you know, yeah, yeah, Martin yeah. St. Louis used to coach <laughs> yeah, every single night. He will always put up the same amount of points. Right. And and that consistency, like, he's not going to go fast, but there's no slowing him down either. Right. You know what I right. mean? Right. And that's a huge get for, for the Los Angeles Kings. So, so, so the Kings. So do they swing for the fences here? You know, do they... Uh, do they try and get Jacob Chikrin? Yeah. Who's been linked to them for quite a while. Yeah. Right. Like, do they, do they, do they make that bold move? Yeah. And do they strip themselves of picks and prospects? You know, um, it'll be interesting to see because I'm sure there's going to be some internal pressure from those veterans saying, Hey, look, you know, we, we've done our part. We've won the two cups for this franchise. You know, we did the heavy lifting in 2012 and 2014. You know, we won it and we showed that we could that we could do it in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So give us something a little more here and let's see if we can do it again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to that point, Quinton Byfield is having a fine year. Yeah. Well, he's just come back. I mean, he was hurt for yeah, half of it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, I mean, yeah. So. But I guess, but like that to me would be the piece that, would be being stripped if you're if you're really swinging for the fences, right? Right, and your first pick. I mean, I don't think like Arthur Kaliev's going anywhere. Right. Um, you know, I'm not sure that you know you want to start dealing those guys, but but Byfield would definitely be a big time, big big time uh, chip to play yeah. if if you were going to do that. I I don't know if they're prepared to go that far. Um, I probably, I wouldn't be if I were the Los Angeles Kings. No, neither would I. I, I would not. I, there's no way. Um, but you know, if you get Jacob Chikrin, you've got a very, very good defenseman who's under contract for a couple more years at a very good cap number. Yeah. So it's not like you're just getting a rental for this year. You're getting something very, that's going to give you quality for a couple of years at least. Yeah, and at cost certainty. Right. Which, when you've got a blue line that consists of Drew Doughty, 
Yeah. Um, having a guy that's an extremely good value. Yeah. <laughs> would be a nice change. No, I'm just kidding. Dowdy's, of course, had a really good year as He's well. He's had a great and that's, year, yeah. And that's part yeah. of the resurgence yeah. of the Kings. Yeah. But... Um, so you think that if they were to be if you if they were to be targeting somebody, it'd probably be a Jacob Chikrin. Well, if they were I, to swing for the fences. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, they got Michael Hanzus at the deadline in twenty fourteen and it worked out real well. Yeah. That was one of those under the radar ones. That, yeah. that was one of those ones where I, I every year I go, Okay, which trade is it gonna be that we're all we're all talking about this trade today because it's trade deadline day. Right. But during the Stanley cup final, which under the radar trade are we going to be talking about? Yeah. And th- those are the ones that yeah. are, are interesting. Yeah. Um, before we get to the Calgary flames, if you're watching this on YouTube, please give this a subscribe and a like, uh, check out kencampbell.substack.com for these episodes directly into your inbox, plus other writing. And if you're on Apple podcasts, please give us also a review and a like, did you know that we don't have any reviews on Apple Podcasts? No, I did not. It's bizarre because people have DM'd me saying that they love the show. Yeah. People have DM'd you saying that they love the show. And yet nobody's reviewed us on Apple Podcasts. Well, get step up, people. Yeah, let's, let's go. go. Let's, let's move. Go. Yeah. Get not, off here. not if you hate us. Then yeah, yeah. don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah. But uh, you know, yeah. 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 Your opinions don't 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 matter anyways. <laughs> and on top of that, we have uh, of all the people that watch our videos on YouTube and we break up all these videos into clips. Yeah, I know. I've been nerding out on some, on some analytics lately. Only 12% of the vi- people watching our videos are subscribers. Oh, okay. Come on guys. <laughs> <laughs> subscribers to what? To our YouTube channel. Oh, we have a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> You're not subscribed. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's yes. something I learned. I don't even, I didn't even know you were supposed to subscribe to a YouTube channel. Okay. Well, whatever that is. That's why I'm the tech guy people, here. People should do that. Yeah. 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 So yeah, just, uh, just wanted to throw that out there before we got on to the next segment. The next segment being, oh, and also videos come out every single day on our YouTube channel. I break up all these segments oh, okay. into videos. Okay. So well, listen, if yeah. all you care about is the Calgary Flames, which is our next segment, then... So the Calgary Flames, moving on to the next subject, um, have two seconds, a fifth, and a seventh. Do you think that that means that they're done after the ad- addition of uh, Tyler Toffoli? Well, they, they might be just because, as you say, I mean, they have no picks. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, I mean, they've got the two seconds. They've, they've traded away their first, their third, and their fourth are gone. Uh, so that's a lot of currency. And to me... You know, in the Toffoli trade, they made it pretty clear they weren't going to give up a Dylan Dubé or a Connor Zari. Um, so, I mean, why, you know, if they weren't willing to give it up for Tyler Toffoli, why would they be willing to do it in a subsequent trade that probably won't bring someone that as is as impactful as Tyler Toffoli? Yeah. Okay. So, so to me, you know, now you're sort of nibbling around the edges, right? So... They need some, probably need some help on the right side a little bit, you know? So do you go out and do you get a, you know, a Ricard Raquel or, or someone like that? Uh, and then, you know, on the, on the D side of things, I could see them, you know, sort of trying to get a defenseman, but not, you know, a frontline guy, mm-hmm. more of one of those depth guys that we talked about previously, like a Justin Braun or, yeah. you know, one of those guys. I, yeah. could, I could definitely see that. Um, but, you know. 
I mean, they're, they're going pretty well. Uh, you know, they, they, they're top heavy with their scoring and, and, but they're get they're getting some fairly decent contributions down the line as well. Mm-hmm. Um, unless, you know, like has Sean Monaghan worn out his welcome in Calgary, you know, maybe he's a, maybe he's a chip that you're willing to, that you're willing to trade. If you trade him, you've got to get some kind of a replacement for him in that trade. You have to get a centerman who can yeah. play on your bottom two lines. Cause that's kind of where he's sort of fitting in these days. Yeah. I mean, a, a very good bottom two line. Center. Yeah. I mean, there's, he's not ahead of Lindholm. He's not ahead of Backland. Right. right. So yeah. um, now he's a bottom, bottom six centerman. So maybe somebody says, well, on our team, he could be our second line center. And so maybe one of those uh, struggling teams will be willing to, you know, make a deal with them to get a Sean Monahan. So just looking at Sean Monahan, he's got uh, one more year, 2022, 23, and then he's a UFA. Yep. He's at uh, 6.375 million. Yeah. Wonder if that could work in a Claude Giroux deal. Uh, I, you're going to have to take, Calgary's going to have to eat some of that. Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. 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 And but, uh, I mean, you've got one more U- year to UFA and then no more years to UFA. The lining lines up pretty well. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, this brings out the next concern, which is do you think that Calgary would be worried about uh, messing with their chemistry? They're really rolling right now. They are. They lost last night. But, I mean, all things being equal, you're going to lose some games, right? So um, <laughs> Sooner or later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I think, you know, I think they've, they've, they've overachieved. Yeah. You know, they, they've really, they've really shown a lot better than I think a lot of people had them. I think people had them kind of in the playoff mix. Yeah. Not, not this good. I mean, which tells you what truly great goaltending can give you. Right. Which is what they have. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, and then there's the whole sort of Johnny Gaudreau situation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, do you, you know, do you swing for the fences because, He's signing with Philadelphia next year. Right. You know, like, yeah. I mean, it, this is almost getting Bobrovsky-esque. You know, right. like everybody knew Sergei Bobrovsky was signing with Florida. Everybody knew. Yeah. yeah. You know, and now, like, is it just a fait accompli that Johnny Gaudreau is going to replace Claude Giroux in Philadelphia? Right. Um, as, as a free agent signing in the summer? I, I don't know. But I think you have to sort of contemplate a reality where Johnny Gaudreau is not a part of it. Yeah, it's... Uh, and how many times do you get a team like this that goes on this kind of heater and, you know, it's 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 a, it's a, it's a vexing situation because there's, you know, I mean, how close can you get, right? I mean, you can only get close so many times yeah. and your window closes and, mm-hmm. you know, Calgary, is their window closing after this year? Well, certainly if they lose... Johnny Gaudreau, it's, it's, uh, it's not as open as it was. Yeah. I mean, big time. The thing is, is that like, I, I really wondered if the Tyler Toffoli trade to Calgary would be very similar to like the Thomas Vanek trade to Montreal where Montreal was already humming. Then they bring in the best goal scorer available, which Tyler Toffoli, I think it's not exactly a hot take to say he's probably the best goal scorer available in this draft, uh, in this, um, free agency, I should say. And they bring him in, and it just it just elevated the, uh, them to a new level, and so, and then you look at the other 
you know, the other part of that puzzle, which is the excellent goaltending that you mentioned. And yeah, maybe, you know, they, they yeah. might have what it takes. And, and at the, you know, at a certain point, and a friend of mine likes to say this at a certain point, rebuilding is all fine, fine and good, but at a certain point you've got to be built. Right. right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they are, I mean, you know, yeah. so, so now it, it becomes a matter of, are you willing to just throw away, not throw away, but trade away the picks, the the few picks that you have, Yeah, you know, are you willing to do that? Or, or are you willing to get rid of one of those, you know, good young prospects for a big fish? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it becomes, it comes down to that basically. Yeah. You know, you deal away one or both of those second round picks and like, you might as well do the draft remotely if you're Calgary, right? Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> I mean, Malibu we're not, Beach. we're not picking till round five yeah, and yeah. we only got a fifth and a seventh, you know? So. Yeah. We're I, having a scouting meeting in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, the day yeah. Of the draft. yeah. We'll call, we'll call in our pick, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Big time. Um, so check out kencampbell.substack.com and we will move on to the next segment, which is on last week's podcast, which you can get on YouTube or Substack. Or sub, Spotify or Spotify apparently, or we have, apparently we have a YouTube channel too. <laughs> that should be the name of this episode. Apparently we have YouTube. <laughs> then people will it's know. All, it's all the rage. It's all the rage. Yeah. And actually, funny enough, I've got some friends that do that that have had to do the market research of this. And they do say that the kids are on YouTube because I can't stand the idea of sitting down and watching a podcast on YouTube. Yeah. But I guess... That's what uh, that's what the young fellows are doing. Maybe we should go on TikTok and just do like 10 second takes. We should do dances? Just like, yeah, just like Vegas sucks and then that's <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, th- th- that's called uh, the opposite of burying the lead. That's exposing the lead. Right. You ridiculed me last week. I did. You ridiculed me last week for saying that we shouldn't sleep on Vegas. Yeah, we should sleep on Vegas. Now that Absolutely. you've had a few sleeps. Absolutely. Have a nap on Vegas. <laughs> you know who you sounded like? You sounded like your friend Craig Button when when Montreal was going to the playoffs last year. And Craig's like, I don't think they're going to win a game. No, he didn't say, I don't think they're going to win a game. He said, they're not going to win a game. (laughs) I I think if Craig could have picked Toronto in three, he would have done that last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what you sounded like when when you're talking about Vegas. You're like, they're not even going to go to the playoffs (laughs) this year. So um, I'm wondering, now that you've had some time to think about sober it. Sober second thought. Some so- <laughs> uh, Hopefully sober second thought. Well, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Now that you've had some time to think about it, uh, do you think that Vegas is going to go to the playoffs? Do you, obviously injury has been an issue with that team all year. Do you think that they're going to make a trade to shore up that, uh, that ability to get to the playoffs? What, what do you think? What do you think Vegas is going to do? Well, if you don't do- have to tell us how you th- feel about them. Right. I think that we all, we, right. we've, 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 uh, yeah, I have zero. I have zero. Um, I'm not the most observant guy in the world, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, ha- I have. <laughs> I follow the breadcrumbs. I, I have zero faith in the Vegas Golden Knights. I have. Yeah. I have none. I, I, in fact, I have none. I, I don't think they're going to do much at all uh, in the playoffs. Uh, I think you know Jack Eichel is working his way in there, and he's been very good. Actually, he's been really good. A lot of nights, he's actually been their best player. Yeah. Um. But. I, th- I think this is this Jack Eichel year is kind of the the lost year, and then you kind of really start next year with him. Um, but are they going to make the playoffs? Yeah, probably. Just yeah. because, just because, 
they're in a terrible, terrible, terrible division. <laughs> you know, as we did talk about the Pacific Division just recently. Yeah, and yeah. um, to me, I was gonna say something about Vegas, and now it was gonna be really pithy and good, and I just completely forgot <laughs> what I was gonna say. But so, what what was the question I hate again? Division names. Because Vegas in the Pacific Division. Yeah. And one thing that I always associate with the desert. <laughs> is the Pacific Ocean. Is huge swaths <laughs> of water. That's what I associate with the desert. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, Montreal is apparently Atlantic. Right. Because they're not a city, I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the Metropolitan Division and is the other one. Columbus is in the Metropolitan Division. <laughs> right. The thriving metropolis <laughs> of Columbus. Metropolis <laughs> of Columbus. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was just I was just asking. Do you think that Vegas makes a trade to shore up their playoff spot? Because I mean, the truth is, is that we all know that the back end of that Max Pacioretty deal is probably not going to look all that great. Nope. You've only got a couple years, like maybe this year and next year. Yeah. And then we start to see things fall off with Patretti and Mark Stone. And it's even a surprise that it hasn't fallen off, fallen off already. Falled. <laughs> Falled off. <laughs> yeah. Irregardless of that. <laughs> but, but like it is falling off. It is falling off because they can't stay healthy. That's a good Right. Point. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's gotta be a factor at some point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like if you don't have access to the guy because he's hurt, yeah, then that becomes a factor in what you did to get the guy. And, you know, because I mean, Mark Stone is, is in a tough way, obviously. Right. Yeah. Uh, Max Pacioretty has had all kinds of problems staying healthy when he's healthy. He's a 35 to 40 goal scorer. Yeah. He's, he's been, he's had one of the highest, goal rates like per 60 rates in the nhl all yeah. year yeah but obviously the actual counting stats the actual numbers that he's put up have been paltry mm -hmm. yeah 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 well i mean there's the talk of him of of them repatriating mark andre Fleury, right which i think that's crazy yeah which doesn't make a lot of sense to me i mean you have robin leonard you yeah you use Robin Leonard. Kick like, Solomon like, what do you want to, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to create that whole soap opera all over again? Yeah, exactly. Like, is that what you want to do? I mean, I guess if Andre Fleury, Mark Andre Fleury comes in, he comes in as knowing he's the backup. He is the backup, whatever. But like, really, like you're spending all that, all these resources on Robin Leonard, like just run with the guy and see if he can do it for you in the playoffs. Right. As a dog returneth to his vomit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell well, you the I know what I was going to say. I know what I was going to say. I was going to say, if Vegas, you asked me if Vegas is going to make the playoffs, and I will quote the late, great Ken Campbell Sr., my dad, who worked for 35 years at Inco in Sudbury. Right. And he used to say, he would say about the, right now, he would say about the Vegas Golden Knights, if they don't make the playoffs, they deserve to get shot with a bucket of their own shit. <laughs> all right so we're doing we're doing dad quotes yeah my mom used to whenever my mom would say like uh my dad's name is ron she'd say ron i'm trying and my dad would say yes you are trying <laughs> so vegas can say Ouch. to their fans we're yeah, trying yeah, yeah. and the fans can say yes you are trying yep yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah all right well i mean it, it's fair. Now, my, my question is, because you did bring up injuries, do you think if this roster does get healthy and they do squeak into the playoffs, do you do you think that they can make some noise, all seriousness? 
In all seriousness, of course. Right. Of course. Like, wh- how could you not make noise with that group of players, you know, reasonably healthy? I mean, they're not going to be completely healthy, yeah. but but reasonably healthy? Yeah, of course. They, they could win the Stanley Cup. I just don't have any faith in them doing it. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm just going to take that one clip of saying you could, they could win the Stanley cup. Yeah. 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 Okay. (laughs) That's uh, that's all that I need. So Boston Bruins. Yep. Our last trade topic du jour. Du jour. Um, Just a man really of the week. Not of the day. Oui. Uh, of course, speaking French, talking about the Boston Bruins is, uh, you know, just... Um, it's a bit sacrilege. It's a bit sacrilege. It's kind of like the opposite of art. Being although a although, of Mon- and, although and Montreal's... Subjects. The Canadians are being run by a bunch of guys from Boston now anyway. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's a crazy world. It it's is. a wild world. It is. Yeah. Ooh, baby, baby. <laughs> yes. So the Boston Bruins, their core has been aging out for years. I, I personally have called them to... to fall out to, to have the, the floor completely fall out from under them like three years in a row. And I just look like an idiot every single time. And, and thanks Boston, because I didn't need any help in that department. So right. piss right off. Come on. <laughs> but their core is aging out. And not only is their core aging out now, but now there's a question of, as to contracts. Right. Okay. So firstly, I want to talk about Jake DeBrusque. He's currently number six on TSN's trade bait list. But at five versus five, Jake DeBrusque is tied in points per 60 with a certain Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. So he's playing well. Yeah. Despite all the rumors of he's playing you know, well right now. Trouble in paradise. The, the, pro- the problem is, is that Jake DeBrusque goes MIA for very, very long periods of time. Right. When he's when he's like the little boy with the curl. Right. When he's good, he's really good. When he's bad, he's really bad. And that's the problem with Jake DeBrusque. And if I'm, but if I'm the Boston Bruins, it's like, yeah, yeah, I know you want to be traded, Jake DeBrusque. I know you want out. You've you've requested a trade. We're not giving it to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was We're what not my giving question it to you. was. We're not but, giving it to yeah. you. You belong to us. You're under contract for us. You're going to play for us. Shut up. Play and play the way you're playing right now. By the way, yeah, <laughs> not the way you played like 16 not, hours ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, it was pretty good 16 hours ago. Not like the way you played. 16 half weeks ago or eight weeks ago, whatever. (laughs) A fortnight and a half. A fortnight, yes. (laughs) But yeah, so no, like to me, it's like, no, no, no. I mean, just because he wants, just because he wants to be traded. Yeah. You know? So let's, 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 I I wouldn't trade him. I wouldn't trade him. Why? Let's bring this into a different section of this discussion. Unless, 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 one caveat, you think, you know Jake DeBrusque. You've seen Jake DeBrusque. Yes. You've seen how prone he can be to wildly inconsistent play. Yes. And you go, well, maybe we're never going to get more for him than we are now. And then and then yeah. you have to have that conversation. I do expect the Boston Bruins will be will be active at the trade deadline and for no other reason than they're always active at the trade deadline. <laughs> like Don Sweeney's a Freaking trade line, trade deadline cowboy. Yeah, yeah. Like he makes trade yeah. deadline deals. This guy yeah. makes those deals. Yeah. So I would suspect they're gonna try to make more. I they mean, do, this, they do it every year. This this guts to another side of this discussion, which is: Do you how how deep do you think that the Boston Bruins are in talks with Bergeron to extend his contract? 
I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters right now. You don't think it right matters? Right now, no. Because to me, no, if, it's if gonna, Bergeron he, says to me, I'm planning on retiring this year, then I am. I've traded, I trade every single pick, every single prospect I have at this trade deadline to make, push just all my chips in to make one last kick at the can, knowing uh, that yeah. without Bergeron, the team does collapse and unto itself. And if and if he says, yeah, you know what, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards you know trying to play in this league two or three more years, and the fact that he's still playing well, like yep. it's, presumably he yep. he hasn't fallen off a cliff yet. He's not going to. Yeah, he'll age gracefully, you know. Yeah, as we both have. Right. Yes. Exactly. And uh, so. That would be then my question. If he says I've got, I, I want to play for two or three more years, then maybe I'm not selling at this trade deadline. Maybe I'm uh, not buying at this trade deadline. Maybe I'm saying I'm going to retool for next year. Do, yeah. a, do a soft retool kind of thing, which, yeah, which Boston's already maybe. done recently. Which they've done, yeah. And and I think, but I think like again, I said, like I said, I mean Don Sweeney's been a big time yeah. mover at the trade deadline. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've, Dare we say they've talked, to, yes, a shaker too. They've <laughs> talked, you know, I mean, the JT Miller stuff keeps going back to to Boston. Right. Um, you know, they, they do need, like they need someone, they still haven't replaced David Krejci, right? Yes. They haven't exactly. replaced David Krejci. They yeah. need a second line center. Yeah. There's not too many of those guys out there right now. Yeah. Possibly Claude Giroux. Possibly. And even in his second line that's role, guy, I'd say that Giroux's a, more of a winger. Yeah. He could be yeah, a, a great yeah, third line center, yeah, yeah, but in yeah. his second line role, right. I'd rather him on the wing. And Giroux, I don't know. He just looks like one of those guys that would look weird in a Boston Bruins uniform. You know, there's Tomas Hurdle, right? Yeah. I, I mean, do you go for a Tomas Hurdle? Maybe, but San Jose's trying to resign him and they think they might be able to. Yeah. So that takes him off the board. So now you're looking at wingers and, and you know, JT Miller would be a good one. Yeah. Um, you know, they, I, I mean, they do need to find, ultimately they do need to find a replacement for David Krejci. Cause I don't think it's Eric Hall as, yes. as much as he tries yeah, yeah. and, and, and he's, he's actually been good and he, yeah, he's been he, he gives, he, you know, he's, he's done probably more than they would have expected, but you need someone in that spot. Yeah. And you have to ask yourself, like if a fine second line center rarely gets you the Stanley cup. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and so you've got to ask yourself: Is this a Stanley Cup second line center? Well, I, are the Bruins a Stanley Cup team? But I mean, is, they're good. My they're good. The Bruins are good. They're not great. If they're, they're going they're, to the playoffs, yeah. And then they should be they should be loading up. If they think that this is the last year of Bergeron, then they should be pushing their chips in. If they think that they can sign Bergeron for another couple more years, I think that they should uh, they should be selling at the trade deadline I think, and be targeting next yeah, year. I think Bergeron will be one of those. I'll go year by year now, kind of thing. Like well, he, they have a history of it in Boston. Yeah, yeah. and right? and they've got a history of, you know, with the exception of Charlie McAvoy being able to just tell players, "This is what we can give you, and if you want to take it and stay, then do that, and if you don't, then move along." But Patrice Bergeron's going. Well, you you can never say never. I mean, Daniel yeah. Alfredson ended up playing for the Detroit Red Wings, right? right yeah. I mean, so you can't you can't ever say never. You can't. You can never Brodeur say never. Played two games with the St. Louis Blues. Who did? Brodeur. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. If yeah. It, like that. So like Brodeur played like twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. With New Jersey, I don't think that any player has played as long with one team as Brodeur played with New Jersey. Yeah, I I don't see it, but you can't. You can never just count it out. But I could just yeah. see Patrice Bergeron being like, "Yeah, I'm going to be a year to year guy now, and uh, I'll take one year at you know whatever." Yeah. And then 
we'll talk about it next year when we see where I'm at. But I mean, you're right yeah. about him and his play. I mean, he's still outstanding. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah. 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 So he hasn't hit the wall yet. This is things. This is the thing with a smart player, yeah. right? Like, yeah. and, and I mean, Joe Thornton is now very much going down that slide, but the fact that he went to a Stanley cup final at like 37 or 38 is in no small part due to the fact that, yeah, he's big. Yeah, he's strong. Yeah, he's all those things. But he's a he's a bloody Albert Einstein on the ice. Yeah, but the, the difference was in San Jose that he wasn't the guy. Yeah, yeah Joe, that's fair. Yeah. By the end, Joe, Joe wasn't Pavelski. the guy. Yeah. yeah, Joe Pavelski. You had Logan Couture. You yeah. had, you know, Thomas Hurdle. You had, there was a- Hall of Famer, yeah. Patrick Marlowe. <laughs> yeah. He's probably going to get in. Yeah. We talked about that. We did we? talk about that. That's why I was just kind of. And I said, I said he was probably going to get in and you said, no, is that, is that what we're. Doing? I think, uh, I think we were both pretty iffy on him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, there is something to be said for showing up for work every day, but I mean, like I said, I referenced my dad. He did it for 35 years. Nobody put him in a hall of fame. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've still got my great grandfather's, uh, pen from the, uh, Montreal Florist Society. Wow. And it was given to him after 25 years as a florist. Wow. Because he immigrated here from Ireland and, and okay. uh, into Montreal. And, okay. you know, an Irish person immigrating to Montreal. What a shock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that was about all he got, is my point. He got a pen. Nice. 25 years and yeah, all he got was yeah. a stinking pen. <laughs> Not even the ink to go with it. <laughs> All right, shall we transition out and talk about the OHL? Yeah, I think we have we yeah we've we've kind of tied this one up, right? The Boston Bruins, they they're the gonna do they're gonna do something. You, they're gonna do something. I don't know how big it's gonna be. They don't have their prospect list isn't. It's great. not stellar. It's yeah. not great. Yeah, they got their picks. They've yeah. got they've got their firsts for the next two years. Yep. So they've got those. Yep. They can move those around. So. The last thing that I'd ask you is, do you think that there's a player that makes sense for Boston if they're loading up and going for it? Yeah, like I, I think a JT Miller would. Yeah. 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 And and if if a Tomash Hurdle's available, I mean, yeah. he just slides whoosh, right in there in the second yeah. line spot. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, how, uh, can, how it, can I argue with those two picks? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ken. No trouble. <laughs> All right. So before we get out of here, Let's talk about uh, let's talk about our government here in Ontario. Yep. In the latest bid for the please reelect me. Um, yes, yes, we're going to buy your votes with your own money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Um, Doug Ford has is going to spend three million dollars, and it's going to go towards the OHL towards as the tweet that you referenced called it players scholarships. Yeah. That's over $176,000 per OHL team of public money. Yep. Now, my question to you is where specifically do you think this money is going? The wording in the tweet you quoted yesterday said scholarships. What exactly do you think that means? Well, I, I, don't, I'm, I don't think there's anything hugely nefarious here. I think, but I, I do think $176,000 per team is ex enormous number. Like yeah. how many guys are going to school and where are these guys going to school? But I mean, the OHL and, and all junior, t junior hockey leagues have a very, very extensive scholarship package, right? right. Um, they, you know, I mean, most of the top players, 
uh, get um, get these scholarships. A lot of them don't use them, you know? Right. Like a guy like, um, we talked about Jordan Frasca last week, the overage right, in Kingston, yeah. right? He signed with Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So he won't be using his. Right. Like he would have had that. I, I assume he would have had that four years at a Canadian university, tuition, books, you know, and, and all of that. And, and he ain't going to use it yeah. because he signed a pro deal. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, I don't, you know, I mean, I, it just, I can't get my head around $176,000 per team. There's 17 teams in the OHL. They got two and a half million last year or 2.25 million last year. Yeah. And they're getting 3 million this year mm-hmm. to cover their scholarship commitments. Like to me, what I find so outrageous is that, is that, you know, okay, I'm all for help, giving a help, government's giving a helping hand, but they're already doing that. Right. I mean, they've, they've, they've allowed these teams to skirt the minimum wage laws. They right. don't have to pay these kids minimum wage, you know? Yeah. And, and so that's, that's, you're getting that already. Right. Why do they need to stick their hand out again and get more money from the government? Yeah. Like I'm outraged as a taxpayer. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that this is happening. This is part of a $30 million pool that is going to like something like sports and fitness or something like that. Right. Okay. Yeah. If you want to do that, that's fine, but you're giving money to, and, and I know they don't all make money and I know they've all suffered because of the pandemic. Right. But everyone has, but you, you're giving that money to, 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 to teams whose objective for the most part, other than maybe the Kitchener Rangers and a few other teams that are community owned, they're, they're a money-making venture, right? They right. exist not to give kids a chance to play junior hockey, not to, they want to make money. Right. Yeah. So I, I just find it outrageous to me that, that that's a, that's a lot of money yeah. <laughs> to be giving kids. And, and I mean, I know the OHL talks about how many jobs they create and all those other things, but you're already getting, you're already getting a, a nice, like an, an enormous, enormous break because when this went to court, the junior leagues lost in all the courts. The courts all said you can't do this, but the governments, they lost. They won in the court. They won in the court of law. They lost in the court of public opinion. Right. Right. So they're already getting a great deal from the government. They don't have to pay these kids. They don't have to pay the minimum wage. And now they're asking for more money. I know that they don't have gates and they're, they're have they're, they've, they've suffered, but man, oh man, where does this end? Yeah, I don't have a huge problem with it in and of itself. My larger concern would be um, if the government wants to pay money to hockey, would be dealing with it at a grassroots level in the sense of instead of like kids that make the OHL by and large come from relatively well-to-do families. Yeah. By and large, there's yep. obviously exceptions to every single rule, right? Are, yeah. But they come from relatively well-to-do families, and um, and it's great to pay for their school. But presumably, that family, because you know, has some sort of an RESP in place, right? Like we yep. got an RESP in place the second she was born, right? You know, yeah, the second yeah. daughter was yeah, born, yeah, yeah. and and so I guess what I would be saying is that I I would think that that money would be better spent 
to a league like the GTHL, not necessarily to um, pay for scholarships, but rather to say that every team can have two or three or four players paid for so that the GTHL can go to a select house league game and say, you, I want you on the team. Right, right. And is it, well, we can't afford the team. No, no, it's good. You're good. I want you on the team. Give give you guys a chance. And so that's where I'd see the money. If you do want to grow the sport in Ontario and you do want um, better opportunities for kids. And of course, there is at that point, then there's a trickle down effect. Right. Which is that more programming equals less police spending. Right. Oh, yeah. That's the that's the hope. Yeah, but my point is, is that like police and, and jail and, and jail yeah, spending, and, and and it and it leads into health and health and exactly. fitness, and yeah. you know, ch- you know, childhood obesity, the whole deal. Okay, so we've got here, we've got of the thirty million, twenty million to ministry recognized provincial sports organizations and multi sports organizations, like so we're like that, I guess that means like baseball Ontario and yeah. that sort of thing to distribute to their local member clubs such as soccer, karate, and volleyball. Right on. Those are, that's quite the weird three sports. Yeah, yeah. Soccer, karate, and volleyball. <laughs> you could play all three at the same time, maybe. Yeah. Seven million to the Ontario Sport Network to distribute to local community-based sports and recreation organizers, such as dance and cheerleading, through an application process. Again, right on. Yeah. So we're up to 27. Now we hit the three million. <laughs> three million to help the Ontario Hockey League and its 17 teams meet their academic scholarship commitments for current and former players, which one of these friggin' things doesn't belong? <laughs> which one doesn't belong? The other ones are both dedicated both to grassroots. Yeah. The OHL is nothing that even resembles grassroots. Right. By yeah. the time you're playing in the OHL, you're at this part of the bottleneck. Yeah. You've right? already spent your 40 grand on, yeah. you know, making it there. 40 grand? 40 grand a year, maybe. <laughs> um, no, no, like, like to, to me, it's, it's, it's outrage. It's, it's an outrage. It's just an outrage yeah. that our provincial government thinks it can just give $3 million of taxpayer money to a bunch of organizations that already get a massive tax break, not tax break, but massive break yeah. from, uh, from having to pay their players. Yeah. Which is another outrage, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. It's. I always thought that Doug Ford was more of a football guy. Yeah, <laughs> didn't yeah. his brother Rob coach football? Oh, he did. Yeah, he that coached a, at a high school. In, yeah, in, Rexdale in Rexdale something. or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always thought he's more of a football guy, but uh, there you go. I guess. So, I don't know. It just it just doesn't it doesn't sit well with me at all. It, like it's almost like when. You probably don't remember this, but the 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 Canadian government, the, the federal government, in like the early two thousands, came out with this scheme that was the U.S. dollar equalization plan. Right, and they were going to give two million dollars to each Canadian NHL team to to help okay. to help equalize the U.S. dollar because Canadian teams pay their players in U.S. currency. Right, uh, but bring in their revenues. Obviously, the vast yeah. majority of their revenues in Canadian currency, and there was a disparity, a big disparity between the two currencies at that time, and so they were going to give them two million dollars each team. And I remember talking to the Leafs and talking to Ken Dryden and saying, you know, like, are you going to take this money? And he was like, yes. 
which of course, right. Of course yeah, you're going to exactly. take it. Yeah. And he said, yeah, because you know, we have to be able to spend with the, you know, with the New York Rangers of the league and the, and the Detroit Red Wings, we've got to be able to spend with them. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's probably not the spirit of this whole thing. Yeah. Anyways, they got carved. They yeah. just got carved and they, they, Imagine they, Twitter they abandoned. At that point. Yeah. That would have been, yeah. They abandoned the whole thing. Like they, yeah. they, they said, not a good idea. No, no. Time out. Yeah. Forget it. No, we're not giving Was that $2 million. Was the Jean Chrétien government? That would have been early 2000s. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. yeah. Wild. All right. Yes. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? No, I think I'm good. Really? Yeah. First, <laughs> first time I've heard that. Wait a minute. I didn't expect that. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I got a lot of, I got a lot of, uh, hate on Twitter for saying that Milan Luchas just hit on Philip Broberg the other night was a bad hit. I didn't see the hate. I didn't get too far into it, but I know that your two buddies, Matt and Craig, Matt Larkin and Craig Button both disagreed with you. Oh, did he, did Matt disagree as well? Yeah. I, I didn't see Matt I think disagree. Matt wrote a whole article on it. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna have him on the podcast as like a gotcha moment. Ah, okay. <laughs> I I mean, I I don't really understand the need for hate in that situation. I don't even care if it's that, but like, there's nothing. Like everybody's saying it was twelve feet away from the boards. There's nothing. There's nothing in the board. Read the boarding rule as it's written in the NHL rule book. There is nothing in that rule that talks about proximity to the boards. Yeah. It says boarding is an offense that occurs when someone gets hit and is caused to violently or dangerously hit the boards. Right. That's what boarding is. Yeah. Or or charging. I mean, he starts from the center ice. So if you're Lucic and you've got Johnny Gaudreau, I guess they're on the same team, so that wouldn't make sense. No. But you got a little a little fella. And you can throw him like a javelin from center ice and hit the boards. (laughs) It can still be boarding, is your point. No, I'm not. My point is that he was close enough to the boards that that hit caused him to go violently and dangerously into the boards. Right. Which, which you could still call boarding. Yeah. Um, I think it was charging, you know, but right. in any event, he could have let up. And, and, you know, we're talking about this all the time now, you know, either you want to protect your players or you don't. Yeah. Like either you do or you don't. And if you don't, okay, yeah. fine. Don't, Yeah. you know, but, I mean, he could have let up and they keep saying Broberg turned around and braced himself. Of course he did. He saw Milan Lucic coming at him. What else was he going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So anyways, at a certain point in the Paloma running of the bulls, you just kind of go to the fetal position and hope you don't get hurt too bad. Exactly. Yeah. So, so to me, I mean, I know it wasn't, you know, shocker. It was a unpopular take, but I mean, here, here's the thing, right? Like, there was a. What if Tom Wilson had made that hit? Well, I don't think that that's a fair comparison because I think that Milan Lucic is as, if not more, um, despised than Tom Wilson. But like, there was a um, Montreal challenge for goal the other day on goaltender interference, and and the fella he got bumped about eight feet away from Montembeau and was clearly off balance, hit Montembeau. And they said, no, he got bumped by the defenseman. Right. I'm like, okay, but that's fair. But you're supposing that he's eight feet out and and far to Montembeau's left. You're supposing that he had to take that route in front because they're like, he couldn't do anything to avoid the contact because he was off balance when right. he was turning into the net. Right, right. 
well, that's all fine and good, but why did he have to turn into the net? He had plenty of time to not turn into the net. And so I think that that's kind of like what we're having trouble reconciling here is, is that responsibility? Because mm-hmm. it's like the argument that I see is that Lucic was going after the puck and the guy's just, a, he's a bull. And so anybody's going to bounce off him that goes into his puck? Why is he going after the right. puck? But it's the same I mean, thing Broberg, that Mark Broberg hit didn't last have year. the puck. Broberg didn't have the puck on his stick. He wasn't, the puck was against the boards and he was, 10 or 12 feet away from it. No, but they were both yeah, in yeah. that direction, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. I guess that that's sort of my point is that how much, like if if you're responsible for your stick in a high sticking situation, no matter what, no matter what kind of an accident it is, right. it, it is other than a follow through on a shot, you're responsible for your stick. Right. Then how responsible are you for that situation where Broberg already has his path to the puck? Yep. Are you responsible for avoiding that path to the puck? Right. Because it's just like goaltending. There's there's uh you're allowed to establish your space as a goaltender. Mm-hmm. Right. And then once you've established your space, that becomes goaltender interference. Right. If you encroach on that space that the goaltender's established. So it just that's what it comes down to for me. And I think that that's something that we're going to have to actually figure out in hockey is what your good responsibility. <laughs> well, good luck. I mean, yeah, seriously. I mean, why don't we just let Ken Dryden figure it out for us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know how much I agree with you as the rules are written now. Okay. But I do agree with you that the fact that that is not an uncommon thing in the NHL, two guys going for a puck and somebody bounces off the other person. The the fact is that it's just, it's Lucic and Broberg. So there's a huge weight disparity in that situation. And so that to me makes it worse. But I think that maybe we need to develop something to deal with that. I think that as the rules are written now, it's fine. But if we acknowledge that accidents can cause just as much head trauma as. Well, that wouldn't have been an accident. That would have been, uh, and maybe not even malicious, but careless or reckless. It was careless. Reckless. Yeah. I, reckless. I completely agree with you. It was reckless. 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 It was reckless. But as the rules are written now, yeah. Yeah. That recklessness is okay. But the recklessness of the high stick. Yeah. Is not it's okay. Not okay. Yeah. So yeah. I think that that needs to be changed. Okay. But so uh, much in the spirit of how I normally am, I both agree and disagree. How <laughs> <laughs> to take a stand, big guy. Yeah. Well, Be courageous. Know, this is how I make everybody happy on Twitter. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for sticking around to the end of this episode. If you want this episode directly in your inbox, check out kencampbell.substack.com. You can also get all of Ken's writing from his Substack. Oh, and we have Bob, we have Bob McKenzie coming up next week. Oh, we got yeah. Bob coming up next week. Yeah. So stick around next week. The Bob week. Father. The Bob Father is coming up next week to be on our I guess that's the last episode before trade deadline. It is. Yeah. It is. It'll be the 16th and the trade deadline's on the 21st. Yeah. So we've got the Bob Father of all NHL insiders coming up next week and uh Please give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you want to go back and listen to certain clips, we I update the clips for almost every day. You're going to get a new clip on YouTube. All great stuff. Thanks so much for sticking around.